Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your Keeper of Monster and Mysteries. With me today are Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play J.R. the Crooked. And Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. Last time, the three of you squared off against Mr. Blue and the Green Knight in the Central Theater of Otherwhere. And things started out pretty bad. <laughs> Alvin tried to tangle with the Glade's Guardian, but instead wound up tangled in roots and tossed across the meadow. JR narrowly evaded Mr. Blue's initial attack, but Georgiana wound up buried neck deep in the dirt along with the Silver Sword. Constance, meanwhile, decided to head over the river and through the woods for some advice from her boonie. In a series of flashbacks, she learned about the Zuna, the woodland fairy-like creatures of Romanian folklore, and Mama Paduri, a reclusive figure who is fiercely defensive of her forest. Armed with this information, she opted to lay down arms and sue for peace with Mr. Blue. A tense round of negotiations ensued, culminating in J.R. prevailing over Dorian's pact magic and agreeing to work with her favorite kindred frenemy on an alternative to her current predicament. Amidst the detente, however, Alvin heard a call of a mysterious voice coming from the strange sycamore at the fore of the glade. He followed it and was transported to a pocket theater hidden within the tree. On a misty hilltop, he met Morgana, first of the Fae, and her companion Arthur. In a winding conversation, she explained several rather important things to you. That her kind were once known as Wishbringers, and they built otherware from compacts made with humans. That not all Wishbringers chose to join her and her kindred in otherware, but those who did had their names recorded in the registrum. That their true names carried power and might provide leverage in a negotiation. And perhaps most importantly, that the catastrophically devastating force, known simply as magic, had been sealed away countless years ago and was held in place by 13 seals forged from five elements. The strength of a beast, the guile of a trickster, the eternity of a spirit, the pact of a wishbringer, and the will of a human. Meanwhile, Constance and J.R. had no sooner finished burying the hatchet with Mr. Blue when they were confronted by everyone's other favorite kindred, Prairie. Emerging from the shore, he ominously warned Mr. Blue that he would do what needs to be done. Handshakes. Handshakes all around. <laughs> he raises one hand and points it at the four of you and says, Far afield, drift in a flame, wandering the wild blue yonder, I charge you with treason for conspiring to aid these human intruders up to the doorstep of our innermost sanctum. I demand that you stand aside and await the judgment of the summer court. And as for you, Georgiana Rodescu, you are in breach of contract. While you might have Blue Yonder wrapped around your finger, he negotiated on behalf of all of us here in Otherwhere. Leave now and all of your protections are forfeit. Alvin pulls on his little suspenders that aren't there. <laughs> uh, now, I may just be a country lawyer. It's a, it's a, it's a simple... It's a simple country lawyer. It's uh, no, I'm it's not a, simple. Don't get me wrong. It's a, complicated thoughts up in here. <laughs> the two of you turn around to see Alvin strolling out of the tree itself, holding fake suspenders. Oh my yeah. god! You, you've got you've got your thumbs hooked under the fake suspenders, and you're kind of pulling them out, which would yeah. look normal, except it looks like you're doing. I think there's a sign language word that you're doing with with this. Um, sorry, continue. I shouldn't yeah. critique. You're doing. You're to doing. The, you're to doing the layman, great, it sweetie. looks like a weird thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Okay. I just saw King Arthur. Uh huh. Okay. How are you? 
Bailey. Hey, still got Poseidon on, huh? He actually is now clad in a suit of gleaming armor. Oh, okay. I don't have one of those. How can I help you? You three will stand aside and await your trial. Uh, well, for now, I must deal with your conspirators. Blue Yonder, do you have anything to say for yourself? Mr. Blue stares, steely-eyed at Prairie, and <laughs> says, You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's happening out there. You don't know what's happening with these humans. They aren't here to harm us. They're just confused and lost. <laughs> and quite stupid. We are actually usually operating under like 60% of information available. <laughs> You know? I think you're being extremely generous to us. 50%. I think it's We're a solid like 50%. Mr. Blue nods, nods sagely to JR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do kind of look at the two kindred, and JR starts going, fight, 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 fight. I'm looking around. Come on, guys. Fight, fight, fight. I request a trial by combat. Do you see how we cannot possibly be anything more than very stupid? <laughs> Do you submit yourself to a judgment of your peers, Blue Yonder? And for a moment, they stare simply at one another, and slowly he shakes his head. Get him. Very well. Get him, Blue. Gawain, yes. restrain him. Um. And the towering green knight standing next to the sycamore... Stands passively and looks on. Oh. And specifically looks at you, Alvin, beow, and beow, beow, inclines beow. Oh. its head ever so slightly. Aw, Alvin made a friend. I give him a little. You make so many friends, Alvin. You're so popular. I'm just a friendly guy. You are. The funniest part is that don't you have like minus one charm? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but very weird but it's all about the role so play it's, it's all about the role play it is sometimes you're bad at manipulating people but you're very yes. good at just being friends with folks i'm not lying mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's true we have a uh, a place that blue yonder wanted us to go to right he wanted you to just leave just leave. to okay, not be okay. here you imagine for pretty much this exact reason right 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 i nod back at the green knight a little confused Upon Blue Yonder's rejection of whatever Prairie was suggesting, he draws a longsword from its sheath and starts advancing towards your group, but specifically Mr. Blue. Now, Bailey, you've been following us for a long time, but uh, we do mean no harm here, and I suggest you just let us be on our way. He pauses and looks you up and down and says, I'll deal with you later, and is now just a few paces from Mr. Blue. And Mr. Blue has drawn his sword as well. I kind of want to step in between them and say, no. What are you doing, Alvin? We can't go. I don't know. We, we can sit here and watch them fight. And I guess I know we've got the thing that we were supposed to write in the book. But I also know what is written on that now. That's true. Which is a big leverage chip in not writing it in the book and still getting away with the, <laughs> <laughs> getting out of this deal, perhaps. So are you stepping in? Is that what you're doing? I think these two fighting is just waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just it, okay. it's just quibbling and there's there's seals that we need to close. Give me a roll to protect someone. 14. Nice. I step right in the way and say, "You'll deal with me now." Oh. oh. Grr, grr. So 
On a 7 plus, you protect them okay, but you're going to suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get. And on a 10 plus, you get to choose an extra effect. You suffer less harm, minus one harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You inflict harm back on the enemy, or you hold the enemy back. Uh, You suffer little harm. Okay. You step in between, just right as these two are about to come to blows, and Prairie looks at you with just the most annoyed grievance (laughs) on his face, and he flicks his longsword out and slashes you right below the eye for what is now one harm which I imagine is reduced to zero through your various various yeah. effects. Yeah. But you have grabbed his attention, and he looks at you and says, Very well. You want to make this your fight? That's fine. But don't expect me to take these odds. Kindred, I call upon you in your slumber. Oh, the enemy is past the gates, my kindred. They are in our home, in our sanctum. Rise. Rise up and expel them from our sanctuary. And the breeze picks up again. But this time it grows into a strong, blustery wind. The trees are swaying back and forth as the low groan of straining timber begins to fill the glade. It's joined by the low rumble of shifting earth. And you realize that one of the foremost trees, a hardy, stout oak, is somehow uprooting itself from the ground. Right. An enormous root cluster claws its way out from the earth, lifting the arboreal giant with it. The whole tree slowly begins to plod towards you. Its web of tuberous tendrils squirm forward like the tentacles of an octopus on land. As it half marches, half slithers towards you, the bark on its trunk parts like a callus to reveal a smooth, featureless face of wood flesh beneath. Gross. And as this tree begins to move towards you, you see the other trees in the glade beginning to move. Ooh, they're a big guy. What do the three of you do? <sighs> Cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm this is tired. where it ends. <laughs> no, just a tantrum cry. Nothing, nothing devastating. It's like the whole forest comes like, ah, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like stubbing your toe, you know. Yeah, it's one of those cries when you just you get home and you're just really fucking tired. Yep. Well, they're trees, right? Are they all trees? They do appear to all be trees. Okay, I, you know, animated ones. Sure. All right. On I would like to try to set them on fire. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I absolutely knew this was where you were going to go with it. <laughs> Look, I got to be me. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. JR, how are you attempting to set them on fire? Uh, I'm you going should try to, to cast a different spell, like get out of here or go away, <laughs> and that'll definitely do it. Look, are you playing JR or am I playing JR? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm Alvin. I'm just going to go up and hug the trees and make friends with them. Look at me. Dur, 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 dur. No. <laughs> no, I think it was just no, a I'm... dig at your magic never working the way it's supposed to. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was what we call sassy Alvin. Uh, okay, Quinn, I'm going to use magic. <laughs> I did okay. not bring a book of matches with me, so it's got to be magic. This sounds like inflict harm. One harm, yes. ignore armor, magic, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it is obvious, yeah. So go ahead and give me a roll plus weird. Come on, come on, come on. It's an 11. 
Okay. Whoa. On a 10 plus, the magic works without issue. Okay. So what does it look like? So I'm holding the key, but I think what I'm doing is I'm holding it and I've got the other hand around it. So it's like I'm creating the fire or the energy like in between my two hands. I can feel it. Like I can feel this energy build up. I think I've gotten used to what that feels like and sometimes how to control it. Not always. But I can feel this energy and like when it gets to the point, just to the point where I'm about to lose control over it, I kind of like thrust my hands out towards the trees and I go, fire! So you shoot a orb of, I'm trying not to say fireball, I'm trying so hard not to say <laughs> You a shoot an orb. Of fire. A you shoot an of fire. orb of go. fire and it collides with this oak and it catches it in the trunk and that section starts to smolder and burn. And it continues lumbering towards you. Great. As that tree begins to burn, the green knight looks squarely at you, JR. Oh, no. Oh, no. And immediately begins advancing on you. I mean, yeah. Well, well, well. The consequences of my actions. Shit. (laughs) Mr. Blue also looks at you and says, No, what are you doing? Those are my kindred. You... Stop, we have to leave. Get out of here while we can. And as he says that, Prairie stabs him with a sword. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, and I he mean, falls over onto yeah. it. Okay. Mm. Somebody else wanna <laughs> take a take a stab at this? Oh, I'm Alvin. I'm gonna go hug the tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta go. This place is less friendly to us by the minute, and we should head to the shores, gang. Okie dokie. Constance is ready to just follow someone's lead here. She's a bit at a loss. Yeah, I'm zero for one right now, so... uh... Tree Kindred, we're sorry. Oh! We we won't do that again. Nope. The forest of trees continues its inexorable march towards you. (laughs) Go ahead, Constance. Oh, I was just going to help you be somewhat persuasive in your um, apology I was going to reach into my Instagram backpack and see if I don't have recycled material thank you cards. They're not paper. They're other recyclable products that have been made into a thank you card. (laughs) And I'd like to write out an apology. I don't know how card giving works in this world, but I imagine that the intention can get across, right? Okay. Um, (laughs) That's okay. I'm trying to decide if I should make you roll for it. (laughs) It's so stupid it might not require rolling. (laughs) I'm just, you know. I believe in you, Constance. Constance, I'm going to say that that is just something I expect you would have in your bag. And I'm not going to make you roll for it. So go ahead. So you're saying we expect Constance to have like, I'm sorry, cards? Yes. Like ready to go. Actually, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) No, she would. Awesome. Just in case. At this point in your adventures, yes, I do expect that. (laughs) Yeah, the neuroses. Oh, you know what? Actually, sorry, I'd like to amend this a little bit. I pull out my deck of sorry cards and I've pre-written a couple of them. Like, sorry, we lit your (laughs) house on fire. Sorry, we broke all your things. Sorry. Sorry, we we blew um, something up. Sorry we accused you of something you didn't do. And Sorry just... we wrecked the radio shack. Sorry we blew up the healthcare. I, I kind of leave that part blank. It's like a Mad Lib. Sorry <laughs> we destroyed and then there's Sorry space. Sorry we blanked your blank. And I pull the one that says, Sorry we caught your blank on fire. And I say, <laughs> limbs? Friends? 
Family? Friend, family. Body. Family. And I put it on the ground. And as I'm putting it on the ground, I also just like say, like, I think we all are making a lot of assumptions about each other here. We have hurt your kindred. You are holding my family hostage. So, you know, I think we could all afford a little more trust and grace here because we clearly don't know much about each other. And then I put it on the ground and back up towards Alvin. (laughs) If the message is heard or understood, it is not acknowledged as the forest Ah. of trees continue their march. As you are doing this, Georgiana grabs the knife from your pocket, runs up behind Prairie, and stabs him in the side. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> and now Prairie is engaged in hand-to-hand combat with both Mr. Blue and Georgiana, with the Green Knight also advancing from the sycamore tree, which has not uprooted. Right. I would like to try to take the knife from her. I guess give me a roll to protect someone as you attempt to protect Prairie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I you continue, gotta show with big I continue actions. to be surprised by our by, choices. By, by the three of you. <laughs> you really shouldn't. <laughs> I thought I knew how this might play out, and I was wrong. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good old four. Oh, boy. okay. I think you run up behind Georgiana, and as she has the knife sort of held back, like getting ready to stab, you grab it, and she looks at you and says, No, let me go. He's threatening us. He's threatening me. He's threatening Mr. Blue. He's threatening all of you. We have to kill him. And we have to leave this place. And as she's yelling this at you, Prairie brings his sword down on both of you, cuts in between both of your hands. And Constance, you're going to take one harm and you're going to have a minus one to using your dominant hand for anything. Okay. Because it's pretty mangled. uh, And the knife clatters to the ground and sort of just gets swallowed up by the earth. Okay. Um, So your magical dagger is now gone. All right, that sucks. Can I just say as that's happening, like, enough, like, this is how patterns of violence happen. And then I start (laughs) swearing because I'm in a lot of pain. I'll throw out the usual, this is a bad situation. You can read it if anyone Uh, would like to. (laughs) Yes. Six. Can anyone help on a read a bad situation roll? Oh, that's a question. Can we? Yeah. I could try. Okay. I mean, describe Mm. how you are helping out. Okay, Alvin is looking keenly, and I sidle up next to him, and also look very, and I rub my chin a little bit, and I go, hmm, this looks like a, we're in a bit of a sticky situation, wouldn't you say so, Alvin? Am I helping out? Is that, is that, okay. (laughs) I think you see Alvin surveying the scene, and and you too look around and and try to assess the surroundings, and maybe point something useful out. Okay, uh, well, that's gonna be a, that's an 11, so. Okay. I look really keenly at everything. On a 10 plus, your help grants them plus one on their roll. No consequences. So, on a 7 to 9, Alvin, hold one. Okay. What's most vulnerable to me? What is most vulnerable to you is Morgana and Arthur because you know how to get in, mm. and they don't seem capable of defending themselves. Right. And, and, and they this... do seem integral to absolutely everything that is happening here. Yep. It's a shitty answer, because she's yeah. your new friend, but... She's a new friend, and I feel like killing her just uncorks a 
enormous can of worms, like a yes. huge just kick in the bee's nest. To be clear, I'm not saying that's your yes. best course oh, yeah. of action. I'm yeah, just saying sure. that is the, the truest answer to what is most vulnerable to you. Okay. I think he's still on, on course. He wants to just stop this fight and get out of here. So I'm going to go with my original plan, which is to try to get in there, <laughs> grab Bailey slash Prairie, throw him as far away as I can, and shoo everybody to the shore. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be another protect someone. Okay. That's a six, but plus three makes it a nine. Yay. Okay. On a seven plus, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all of the harm. That's my deal. That's okay. What do you do to get Prairie's attention? I come up behind him and give a really loud horse whistle. The whistle I used back in Devil's Folly. I think Georgiana moves to stab him and he Sparta kicks her Mm -hmm. uh, and she goes rolling away. And Mr. Blue moves to stand up and he backhands his fellow kindred and then rounds on you finally, Alvin, and says, enough. I'm so tired of you. (laughs) And takes his sword and runs you straight through the gut for three harm. Well, it's not actually three, right? It's not right? actually three. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. I believe it's just one, right? It's just one. Yeah. And I give a grin and be like, oh, you'll never be rid of me. And I want to huck him. I want to chuck him. Okay. Give me a no limits. I think throwing him bodily is a no limits roll. No limits, baby. Eight plus three is 11. I want to throw him like Team Rocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, on a 10 plus, I think you absolutely do. You throw them like Team Rocket. (laughs) Prairie's blasted off again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Prairie absolutely doesn't say that. But I I, I like to imagine this is it's your character choice. But I like to imagine that you whisper it under your breath as Prairie is lifted off the ground and launched towards the giant oak tree and just bowls it over. And Prairie (laughs) goes rolling back into the forest. Yes, I definitely whispered under <laughs> Team Prairie's blasting off again. <laughs> um, I'm going to help Blue to his feet and then to the general everyone. I just yell, go. Go. And I okay. point to the shore. Okay. Constance and JR, you see Alvin perform this maneuver. You see him lift Mr. Blue up over his shoulder and shout to all of you to go. And then you see something larger looming behind him leaping over his head, landing in the center of the three of you, is the Green Knight. It stares balefully with its glowing green eyes at you, JR. Ooh. Uh-oh. What do you do? Fun time. Uh, so it didn't, it didn't get the little card. It didn't, didn't <laughs> read the, I'm sorry for committing a little light arson. <laughs> Definitely not. Is there a place for me to back away or am I like- Y'all are pretty much in the open part of the glade, Mm -hmm. so- Okay. Not really. Uh, Is it in between me and the shore? No, JR, it's not in between you and the shore. I think it has landed between the three of you and while it might be able to head off Alvin or Constance, you have a clear path. Oh, Quinn. Oh, no. I will say you can always read a bad situation. Oh, right. <laughs> if you're it looking is, for more information. It is bad. It's extremely bad at this point. It's very bad. The green okay. knight is looming over you. Okay, Quinn, I would like to peer up at the green knight and see <laughs> if I can learn any information about what is clearly a bad situation. 
Give me a roll plus sharp. All right. I am looking up at this big spooky knight and his horns. He's very scary. He's so scary that I rolled a six. Help. I can help. Oh, God. I can help back. I mean, I can help too. Yeah. Somehow, there's precedent. Uh, either one of you, I think, can can roll to help out if you would like. <laughs> he's, he's so scary. He's so scary, um, you guys. I'm let so it scared. be known to the court that there's precedence <laughs> for this maneuver. <laughs> would you? Uh, I think Alvin goes my... to law school. <laughs> oh, this is a, a side quest. Alvin goes to law school. Alvin watched legally plaid. Alvin watched oh, Law and wow. Order. Wow, I like it. <laughs> Let's all take a moment for legally uh, clad. Nice. Yes, thank yes. you. Very good. Uh, I think Alvin, you should do this because that is not helping out. Is not my forte. It's not mine either. Oh, definitely well, not. How much so? I'm at a one plus one. Yes. Oh my god, it's so your forte. Oh, okay. Uh, Alvin's at a minus all right. one. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. If it's in not the city. tough or weird. <laughs> what did you roll? Double one. <laughs> okay, Ooh, boy. so that's a three. That's a three. Okay. Oh my so, god. So now I'm, I have to make two hard moves. I'll help out also. We'll do a clean three. Okay, yeah. Alvin, if you want to try to help out instead, since Constance failed. Well, we not can... in, in addition. Can, can I say in game that I trip over my own shoelaces or something? <laughs> No, there's I, a different consequence for you. He's got, he's got a bad oh, right. consequence. He's got the ground's going to eat your other sword or something. Yeah, there will know. be a hard move for you, but maybe right. Alvin can save JR. Sweet. So go ahead Sweet. and give me a roll to help out. Minus one could be... Oh, dang it. This is a five. Oh, boy. Okay, so we have three failures on the board right now. Clean sweep, Quinn. All right. Happy um, birthday, Marcus. Quinn. Everybody mark experience. Good to go to fucking town. Oh, boy. Okay. JR, you are staring up at the Green Knight, and you're trying to assess this situation, and you realize you take just a half second too long, and that axe is coming down overhead. You are fast enough to dodge its first blow, but as you skitter to the side, you feel your leg sink into the ground, and a series of vines and tendrils and roots climb up your thigh and reach your hips, and you are fully ensnared in the ground. Yeah, that's fair. Constance and Alvin, yeah. <laughs> as the two of you are trying to look out for JR as you're you're trying to help her figure out the best path, you take your eyes off of the other threat. Alvin, a large willow tree brings a bow down on top of you for two harm, and it snares you up in its sort of whip-like branches. Constance, a towering pine crashes down on you, also for two harm, and knocks your Instagram backpack off of your, your body and tears a hole in it and a bunch of stuff falls out. Oh. Constance, can you tell us really quickly some stuff that comes out of the Instagram backpack? <laughs> Just for some like flavor text? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of Aquaphor lip Good moisturizer, yeah. which is very important. I think that I probably suffer one harm ongoing when I don't have it. Um, <laughs> Minus one ongoing. Yeah, I do in real life. So um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a manual for a magic bullet that I never used, but I bought because I thought I was being very healthy. You were going to make so many smoothies. I fell into the same yeah. fucking trap. Yeah, it happens. I think there's also uh, one of those towels that folds up into like a nickel for going to the beach. Again, never used. 
and I'd say loose change from Europe. So all of that spills onto the ground. Yes, yes, all of that. And, and then let's say like some sort of weapon of some sort, a nice, a nice little dagger, just a cute, just a cute Etsy dagger. nothing magical it's monogrammed i am also unstable now fyi oh yes you are so jr you are rooted in place the green knight looming large over you constance and alvin you are engaged now with the army of trees the sentient treants that have advanced on you in the distance in their ranks you can see prairie getting back up and next to you you see georgiana helping mr blue up to his feet what do you do? So it went from bad to worse. Is there a read a worse situation? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You can try again, but... <laughs> God. I mean, we gotta go, but now we gotta get out unstuck. While Alvin's thinking, Quinn, I have a proposal for you, and that is treeple. So it's treeple. like, it's people, but it's treeple. <laughs> so just, uh, just, you know, you don't have to use it right now. Just kind of like, Put that in your back pocket. You think about maybe. I mean, really, they're trindred. So. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, See, this is listeners. It is a truly a collaborative effort. This podcast. It's collaborative storytelling, right yep, here. Yep. Yep. I just thought of another one for the back pocket. Kindling. Ooh. Kindling. Oh. Kindling. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's Spurn. really good. That's really oh, that very good. Oh, kindling. That's- that's so, oh, that's so good. God damn it. Oh, that's really that's good. That's when we win. Okay, well, hold on to that because that's when we win. That's trash talk. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah, yeah, but yeah. kindling. Okay. I mean, I'm stuck in the willow a little bit, right? Yeah, you're you're snared mildly. Would I be able to kind of just get out of that or do I have to do something special? You could give me an act under pressure or a no limits to bust out. Okay. I mean, I guess that's the first thing I got to do. Okay. Give me one of those. No limits. I'm going to bust out. My special thing, seven, hoo-hoo-hoo, boy. On a seven to nine, you do it, but there is a consequence. Suffer one harm, take minus one forward, or you need to rest right now. I'll take a harm. Okay, you take one harm. You are at two now, I believe? I'm at three now, uh, because the tree hit me, but I was doing help, not protect or attack, so. Ah, yes, that's right. So you, you flex your supernatural muscles, your guardian strength, and you burst the rope-like appendages of this willow tree, and you are free. How far away is the shore? Oh, let's say it's 50 feet. Could I? Quinn, could I throw my friends into the lake? Oh, my. Eat me into the, into the lake. Do it. <laughs> just eat me. Yeah, I'm okay Can with I just, that. Everyone's hurt. Moving slow. The trees are on us. Can I just fastball special? I mean, I did let you just hurl prairie across. So yeah. I presume I threw him further logic. than 50. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll start with Constance probably because we're closest. Okay. Do I have to roll a bunch of no limits or do you want oh, me to Oh, yeah. Do it's going to be each time you try this for sure. Oh, oh good. All right. Well, let's I have do swapped it. dice. And we're ready to go. Okay. Give me a no limits. Okay, Constance. Here we go. Fuck it. That is a nine. On a seven to nine, you suffer a consequence. I'll do the minus one. Okay. Tell me what this looks like. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think I break free of the willow and I rush over to Constance and I... um, (laughs) Hey, gang, what's what's a good place to hold someone when you throw them? Uh, by the, I think by the, mi- the middle. Just somewhere the in the middle. 
Like yeah. by I the kind hips. of assumed that you were like Mario throwing Bowser, so like grabbing them by oh, the leg yeah. and just kind of like like shot putting oh, yeah. them. <laughs> Straight up hurling. I mean, huh? Okay, so yeah, here's what we do. You've you've fallen down. I'm gonna have to grab your backpack too. I'll get it. I'll grab everything. Uh, so I hold my hand out and we like clasp forearms. Like I'm gonna help you up. Okay. And then I look you in the eye and go like, trust me. And then yeah. <laughs> oh god. Just like two hand grab and just like spin and hurl you towards the lake. Okie dokie. Here I and go. <laughs> Constance, you just go sailing <laughs> over the glade, over the green night, over Georgiana and Mr. Blue, over JR, over the wildflowers, and land just on the precipice of the shore. Awesome. With a, a thud. And the wind is knocked out of you for sure. What well, do you, yeah. What do you see from up there? <laughs> Alvin, as you do this, I think Georgiana looks at you and a realization comes over her face and she understands what the plan is and what yeah. you're doing. And she and Mr. Blue start shuffling as quickly as they can away from the advancing army of trees. Okay. So they're making their own way to the to the shore. Yeah. Great. JR. All right. What are you doing? What are you doing as Alvin is doing this? Screaming, continuing to scream. There's probably some clawing at the branches, which, uh, you know, logically I know is not going to help at all. But, you know, I'm kind of not operating on like logic right now because I've been rooted. I think that's what we decided is rooted. So I'm, yeah. I'm doing just a lot of screaming and clawing at the at the roots I don't know if it's worth trying to do some magic to try and get the roots to go away. I'm a little apprehensive about trying that. Um, I guess I could try to trap the green knight so that it doesn't <laughs> attack me. Root him right back. Okay. All right. Okay, Quinn, I'm going to try to like, I guess maybe it's bar a place or portal to a specific person or type of creature is to kind of like create this like. Like throw up a shield kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah, give me a roll to use magic. That's a 10. Okay, on a 10 plus the magic works without issue. JR, tell me what you think about this, but I kind of think this looks like the very first time you used magic. I think it looks like that vaguely shimmering invisible shield that you threw up to protect yourself from the Strigoi. Yeah, it's real like that, and it's also much like that because much like then, I'm kind of operating, like, there's not a lot of high-order thinking skills right now. It's a little bit more of the gut instinct because I'm stuck and I'm scared. And you are right to be because just as you throw up this shield, the green knight raises its axe overhead and drops it down, and there is a explosion that leaves you and Alvin literally deafened. But your shield stands. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Woo! This Green Knight was looking at me earlier. Can I try to just yell at him and say, stand down? You yell this at him and he, he doesn't even seem to notice you. And he starts limbering the axe up over his shoulder again to take another swing at the shield. All right. His like higher order programming is kicked in. It does appear that way. Yeah. Digging out the roots, he'd just stand there and wail on both of us <laughs> with the axe the whole time. So I think I'm going to try to tackle the Green Knight hoping that maybe it's some sort of spell that the Green Knight is concentrating on. Okay, give me a roll to protect someone. Come on, slightly better dice. That is slightly better. That's 11. Yay! On a hit, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all of the harm. On a 10+, choose an extra effect. You suffer little harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You inflict harm in the enemy, or you hold the enemy back. I mean, I think you hold the enemy back is kind of what I was going for. 
So you tackle the Green Knight just as it is about to land another blow on JR Shield, a second blow that you don't know if it can handle, and the two of you go rolling forward. Very quickly, he throws you off, and for a moment, he regards you confused, perhaps? Just trying to Sad, stop fighting. Maybe? Just trying to stop fighting, man. She didn't mean it. And then his shoulders tense, and the axe collides with you. <clears throat> you take four harm. As you are knocked bodily by this massive two-handed axe. Damn. I'm okay. I mean, I'm unstable, but I'm okay. Thanks, Alvin. Jesus. Go. Get out of here. I mean, I'm still stuck. Yeah, the roots have not abated, JR. Don't you have a big knife? Um, I do have a big knife. I'm going to pull out the big knife. I'm going to start trying to hack away at these to get out of the roots. JR, I don't think there's even a role here. The Green Knight is distracted. Prairie and the rest of the Trindrid, the tree folk, the treeple, yeah. the treants, <laughs> whatever we're calling them. The rest of the army of the trees are not on your position yet. So I think you can easily cut through these roots and vines and you are free. Okay. And then I'm going to run over to where Constance is and get to the ocean, the shore, the water, that yeah. place. The free freedom. Freedom! You catch up with Georgiana and Mr. Blue, who are who are almost there, and Constance is ready to, to greet you as you arrive. Constance, are you up to anything while this is going down? I kind of want to just like survey the scene and see if there's any if there's anything that I can do that is of use to folks who are still trying to make their way. I mean, it's definitely a read a bad situation if you'd like to do that. Yes. This is a ten, so I it's read that bad situation. On a ten plus, hold three. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? No, you have a full summary of all of the dangers currently present. Great. What's the best way to protect the victims? The only victim currently in danger is Alvin. Hello. And the best way to protect him is to prevent the Green Knight, the army of Treants, or Prairie from further harming or trapping him. Okay. What's most vulnerable to me? What can I do right now? (laughs) The Treants are most vulnerable to your flamethrower. You could cause significant harm. That's a very good point. But will I? Maybe there's a way you can use the flamethrower that's not going back in and attacking them, but like... Yeah, instead of going back in, I recognize I don't want to put myself back in harm's way, but I imagine if I were to utilize my flamethrower, it would be visible, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe this is more of an intimidation uh, slash (laughs) distraction situation where I'm just going to start screaming out a battle cry and have the flamethrower going. Okay. I don't know if this would count as help out. Yeah, that's (laughs) kind of my inclination. Alvin, what's, what's your play here? My play is now that everyone's at the shore and safe, I just want no limits out of here. I want to kick off the Green Knight, kick away from that guy and just book it. Yeah, so I think what this is going to be is, Alvin, I'm going to have you give me, I don't think it's No Limits, I think it's Act Under Pressure to okay. duck around and evade the Green Knight. Mm-hmm. And Constance, you are you are helping out with covering fire. Yes. Literally fire. <laughs> Suppressing fire! <laughs> yeah, sorry, Archer reference there. <laughs> Literally suppressing fire. Yeah. Literally suppressing fire. Uh, so Alvin, give me a Act Under Pressure and Constance, give me a help out. This is weird, right, Quinn? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Oh, I'm going to give you weird. Fighting the Green Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, folks. What do you got? I got a six. I got an eight. Cool. Okay. 
On a seven to nine, I'm gonna give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay, Alvin. Let's see. Wait a minute. Yes? I want a luck point. Hey! You wanna use a luck? I wanna use a luck here. Do it, do it. Any sort it. of bad or worse or nasty situation on in this particular scenario is exponentially worse than, than other scenarios. Okay. Alvin, you spring out of the way of one of the Green Knight's blows, and I think, for some reason, the axe just gets lodged in the earth. It shouldn't happen because it seems to have a close relationship with the ground and the roots, but it does. And that gives you just the amount of time that you need. Between the fire and flames from Constance, you are able to reach the shore. I think the only thing I do as I'm leaving, it gets stuck in there and I just whisper to it right as I start to run away. I forgive you. Oh my god. Constance, you are laying down this fire. Mm-hmm. The Green Knight writes itself. Prairie steps next to it. And behind the two of them, there are perhaps hundreds of trees. And the hard move here is all of them stop and stare at you. And you can feel the animosity. Whatever bridge you built with Mr. Blue, you've burned it with everyone else. But the three of you are free and clear. Mr. Blue grabs you and says, let's go. Come on. I now agree with you. Yep. You were right. Let's go. And the five of you step into the water at the shore and everything goes black. You emerge from the door to find yourself standing in the middle of a long hallway. The vaguely V-shaped walls and ceiling are composed entirely of metal, littered with plates and panels and exposed pipes and vents. The floor beneath your feet is corrugated aluminum, lined with running lights that cast a watery blue illumination over your surroundings. As you catch your breath, you can tell the air has a dry, recycled flavor to it, and all around you there is a low, constant hum. As you collect yourselves, you hear a voice come on over a crackling PA system. Attention crew of the UNN research frigate Hammurabi. This is Commander Renata. We have multiple unidentified spacecrafts inbound on our position. As such, I am raising the alert level two. She is interrupted by a dull, explosive sound, quickly followed by a concussive blast that shakes the deck beneath your feet. Loud alarms blare on overhead and bright lights begin to flash up and down the halls. The voice on the intercom returns. Action stations! Action stations! Scramble the alert fighters! We are under attack! This is Hammurabi Actual. I repeat, we are under attack! We ain't in Kansas anymore, gang. Nope. Nope. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 38 of Monster Hour. Treeple? Trindred? Kindling? Where do you stand on this extremely important naming convention? Hit us up in the comments and let us know. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, talking about us on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. Much like Pack Magic and Otherware, your recommendations help nourish and sustain indie podcasts like ours. We've also been seeing a lot of growth in folks listening to the show on Spotify, which is awesome, but the real monster is that there's no way to rate or review us there. But fear not. If you listen to us on Spotify and want to tell the world how awesome Monster Hour is, you can always pop over to podchaser.com and leave us a rating and review. Podchaser is like the IMDb of podcasts, and you can leave us a review there no matter how you listen to the show. 
I also want to give a shout out this week to our newest patrons, Tyler Clausen and Nicole. Thank you both so much for helping us to improve and grow the show. For those of you who aren't patrons yet, we just released the Medic playbook from our Halloween special over on our Patreon. So if the idea of playing an earnest EMT or a jaded mob doc appeals to you, now is the perfect time to join Tyler and Nicole in backing Monster Hour on Patreon. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 39 of Monster Hour on December 8th. See you then. This is Hammurabi Actual. I repeat, we are under attack. You are in flight suit jackets, basically. Uh Uh-huh. Georgiana and Mr. Blue are in tow. And through your flight suits, Alvin and Constance, you appear to be bleeding. Oh, great. Yeah, that checks. Yeah, makes sense. To start off, if anyone would like to read a bad situation, as always in these theaters, you seem to be in one. Skirting by with a seven. Hold one. Uh, can I ask, what's my best way out? (laughs) Constance, aboard the research frigate Hammurabi, you take a moment to suss out the ley lines that you feel, trying to get a feel for these theaters and these doors. And your situation is a little bit different here, because you're not trying to go into a specific spot. You are looking for an exit. Uh Honestly, probably any exit, Uh although it would be good to get home. (laughs) So... I will just say this. It's a different type of navigate the theater role than previously. Okay. We're not trying to go further into the theaters. We're trying to head for the exits. And quick, because we're bleeding out. Yeah. I mean, we get a plus one for having the anchor. Uh, It's plus two, actually, for the anchor. Plus two. Oh, ding, ding. Yeah. I'll turn to Mr. Blue and ask him, hey, could you tell who's human around here? Oh, that's a good point. Yes, this is the Galacticus Theater. The the <gasps> anchor here, it's yeah. the chief science officer, Lieutenant Jeffries. He's probably down in the, the research section. That's usually where he is. Although sometimes when he gets his, his sort of heroic scene, which you know might be coming up, they call him up to command, but he's probably mm. still down there. We should go. Yeah, we should move quickly. This feels like it's getting more heroic by the minute. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do we that run thing. as fast as our bleeding bodies will yeah, allow. We'll allow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, three of you are significantly injured at this point. The five yes. of you make your way through this vessel. Hosts of people are beginning to scramble around, running about, heading for different rooms. As you pass by, you see a large open hangar bay. Engineers are, are prepping a series of space fighter jets, and pilots are piling in, launching these fighters off into space. And in the distance, you can see a much larger vessel out in space, weapons trained on you, firing missiles and railguns. But you continue in your journey. You slide down ladders, you open hatches, you sprint down descending tunnels until you reach another large open room with rows and rows of cells protected by energy barriers containing a wide variety of different creatures within them. And down this hallway, you see a nebbish looking, this person actually looks a lot like Constance's disguise, a (laughs) nebbish looking accountant with an oversized pair of glasses staring at a clipboard and looking on at one of these creatures. What do you do? I go up and grab his collar and be like, Doctor, we found the cure. What? The cure? How did you know? I have never seen you before on this ship. How did you know that my sister was suffering from space rabies? (laughs) Oh my God. And then my eyes roll back and I collapse into the ground and I I navigate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give me a roll to navigate the theaters. (laughs) 13. Okay. Yeah. On a 10 plus, it takes you barely any time at all. You know exactly what you need to do, Alvin. The exit for Firmament, the exit for the moonscape (gasps) is planet side. You need to make your way to the escape pods, pile into one, 
Fire off. Escape this space battle before it can consume you and the ship. Reach planet side and leave this place for good. As I lie here on the ground convulsing, I yell out, Fuck! Is that all, Quinn? Do you have anything else you want to add? Is there like, I don't know, like a (laughs) set of flames that we need to like jump over? Oh, you know what we should do? We should climb to the top of a mountain like in guts in Nickelodeon and we have to pat our pat our head and rub our tummy at the same time to get through Alvin's is as Alvin shouts this out another concussive blast rocks the ship oh for fuck's sake and the lights overhead flicker and the blue energy shields protecting all of these cells go down I jump to my feet and I look at the Jeffries in the eye and I say loudly and look around at everyone the cure yes it's planet side says, oh. Oh, God. oh, God, what's happened? What's happened? They can't escape. The specimens can't escape. Oh, no. And you look into the cell that he is standing in front of, newly liberated, and inside of it is an undulating ball of slimy, coal-black flesh oozing and rippling over itself in patterns that defy any logic or consistency. Tentacles whip outward from it at random, lashing onto different surfaces and pulling it along. Without warning, it splits into two smaller entities and they bounce up and down energetically before reconstituting themselves into a single whole. And all around you, you can hear unfathomable alien sounds as these creatures begin to escape from their enclosures. What do you do? (laughs) This ship is doomed! We gotta get out of here! Save yourself! Quinn! Escape pod! I start running towards what I think are escape pods. I don't even know. Jeffrey! Oh, God! Escape pods! The humanity! Oh, God! Oh, God! Follow me! <laughs> uh, and he starts taking off running away from all of these creatures. What do you do? Yeah, also I that. would like to the do same. that also. Everyone give me a roll to act under pressure. <laughs> Have you read about Mine's this, Mine's a seven. <laughs> so I scrape by the skin of my teeth. I think Constance at one point read a graphic novel, a combination of the top 10 science fiction and science fantasy books and movies rewritten as fan fiction. It's not so much reading as it is looking at pictures and occasionally reading dialogue. Um, (laughs) But there is a visual that sticks in Constance's head of an individual in a spacesuit screaming at the top of their lungs as an alien creature comes out of their left arm and bugs are piling out of their right arm. And that is the image that is propelling her forward towards the escape pods as she goes. (laughs) You do realize that now you are going to have to name what the fanfic is of. Okay, so um, the expansive world of the people in black from Alien Planets... Part two, Uh, it is a combination of a couple of things that I think are incredibly obvious in the various uh, title forms I gave it. Who wrote that? What's um, their internet handle? That's their Their... Air 3 handle. Oh, God. Uh, Arson Not Cord. I like it. Yes. Arson Not Cord. (laughs) Michelle Boy. And Brandon et al. Stefan Spellberg. (laughs) Stefan. This is good. This is good stuff, guys. Um, <laughs> GG Ephraims. <laughs> I'll just put Hugo Award winning author Various. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Jer, you got a seven. Constance, you got a nine. And Alvin, what did you get? Twelve, baby. Twelve. Nice. Okay. Alvin, you make it across just fine, and you are able to escort Georgiana and Mr. Blue with you. Mm-hmm. Constance and JR. Oh, boy. Yes. I'm going to give you a couple choices here. Okay. 
specimen 17, specimen 42. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> specimen 9 or specimen 65. 65, 9. The twist here is nice because you're choosing it. That's true. You get to choose it. Yeah. I hope mine is like Stitch. <laughs> uh, JR, you run forward, and as you do, a elegant manta-like creature with four wings Aww. that flap in asynchronous sinusoidal patterns flies over you. Uh-huh. And it as it does, you notice the movements don't seem to correspond with its flight pattern, which okay. doesn't make sense until you lift up off the ground. Oh. And okay. you're just kind of floating in midair. Okay. Constance, as JR is floating up in the air, you make it there. You're fine. Oh. And Alvin, awesome. as Constance arrives, she looks great. And yeah. then on her neck, you notice a long, thin, oh, worm like no. creature with rows of tiny, razor sharp spines running along the length of its body. Oh. And Constance, everything just feels like kind of confusing. Oh, no. Until further notice, you have minus two sharp. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, okay. Makes sense. Hey, Constance. Good run. Way to hustle out there. Did you always have this um, this thing? It huh? sort of pulsates as you speak to her. What? Did you always have this like this neck thing? Yeah, I've had a neck. Oh, okay. Friends? But JR Friends? is still floating oh, in the yeah. air. Friends, I could use a little bit of help. And the Lovecraftian slime ball has sort of rolled, oozed out of its enclosure. Oh, and as it does, a sort of rat-like creature approaches it, and it just subsumes it completely. Okay. I grab space rope uh, from the ship. It's utility. It's in a utility panel, some space rope. And I want to lasso JR and tug her along like a balloon. This is very on brand for Alvin. I am enjoying this a lot. Can yes. I do that, <laughs> Quinn? Can I do that? If Constance would like to look in her damaged That's Instagram a perfect backpack place for space rope, for space rope, yeah, which is now like a very snazzy space utility backpack. Yes, that is an eleven. I did have you it factor right now. in your minus two sharp? Oh, I did not. That is a nine. On a seven to nine, you have it, but only the minimum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. I mean, all the space rope. No, 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 no. I think what this is going to be is it's going to give you a minus one on your roll. Because okay. you have just a little bit of flimsy utility rope. Okay. But yes, you you fashion a lasso and go ahead and give me a roll. I think. Act under pressure. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else it would be. So yeah, Catch give on. me a roll to act under pressure. That's an 11. Right. All right, JR going end over end just sort of floating in the anti-gravity field of this manta ray. You see this, this lasso fly out towards you and you grab hold of it. And Alvin just kind of like reels you in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a steer. Oh my Can you do a yeehaw? Come on. Do you want to, I know you want a yeehaw. Oh now, yeah, let's... absolutely. Uh, yeehaw! And I, oh my I, gosh. I don't have any other cowboy stuff to do right now, but I can do that. And Alvin, arm in arm, sort of holding you in place from flying away. This Now six of you with Dr. Jeffries uh, sprint down through this vessel until you reach the escape pods. And Mr. Blue says, come on, get in, get in. And all of you pile in. Georgiana hits the launch button and you are jettisoned out from the Hammurabi. And all around you, you can see lasers and missiles and explosions. The escape pod is rocked from these concussive blasts as the Hammurabi engages with this unidentified spacecraft that is is assailing it and you you plummet planet side we did it am i still being dragged along like a balloon uh i think it wears <laughs> off okay. as you get further away from the gravity manta 
Can we take a look at the little snake on Constance's neck? As she's just like sitting in the pile like... Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> Whoa, missiles. <laughs> Radical. <laughs> yeah, it is a, a pale leech with spines all over it. Jeffrey. Oh, God, the brain leech. Oh, Jeffrey. no. Oh, God. The spines are really sharp. I don't want to take it off. Well, tell me what to do. It's just a um, necklace, you guys. Does anybody have any fire? Well. Do we want to have fire in an escape pod? Oxygen riches. No, that's an exceptionally bad idea. We really shouldn't. <laughs> Can I wait till we get to the planet? As you say that, a sensor flashes and begins to beep, and the retro rockets begin to fire, and a voice over the overcome says, Brace for impact, planetary landing in five, four, three, two. Seatbelts! Seatbelts! You're jostled and you're bounced around as none of you put on seatbelts in your your escape pod, uh, and then you collide with the planetary surface with a resounding crunch. And the door is open. You're in the midst of a lush tropical rainforest. Sounds of wildlife all around you are creaking and echoing and chirping and churring. But you can sense the exit. And up ahead through the lush undergrowth, you can see a small research station that appears to be the landfall for this science frigate. And you know in your heart of hearts that that is the exit. That is the exit otherwhere just in front of you. Oh, yeah. All right, let's... hold Constance's hand. Oh, that's (laughs) it. Let's go towards it. run. Run, run. I'm skipping. <laughs> yeah, you are. You go, girl. All six of you, including Jeffrey, run towards this small research outpost. As you do overhead, you can hear the sound of an aircraft coming in. A space fighter is flying down through the firmament to the atmosphere. You hear its guns priming and the lasers begin to blast out. And they follow you in a tracing pattern, snaking, serpentining towards the outpost. You throw open the door and you step inside and everything goes black. And the five of you come tumbling out into the all-too-familiar alien landscape of the moonscape. Woo! We're home, baby! Cecilia! (laughs) (laughs) As you all gather your bearings and collect yourselves, Uh we fade away. And we fade in on a different scene. No, no. We see a vast ocean extending outward as far as the eye can see in every direction. Its surface is perfectly undisturbed, pristinely calm and motionless. And amidst this sea of calm, we see an unmoving figure clinging to a piece of flotsam. Their head is bowed, black hair crusted with salt. Abruptly, the sun is obscured by a mass of dark clouds. A bolt of lightning shatters the calm and in its wake, the divine embodiment of Poseidon appears, staring down at the figure. It has come to my attention that you have become bored with this place, that you are regretting the arrangement that you made. As it happens, recent events have caused us to reevaluate our foreign policy, and I'm in need of a new ambassador of sorts, someone with a sharp mind who knows the ins and outs of human behavior and how to manipulate it. I think you might be just the person for the job. What do you say? And Professor Jim Moriarty lifts his head and smiles. We see Ravenna seated at a resolute oak desk in a sleek, formal-looking office. In front of her is a placard that reads, Senator Chamberlain. She has a phone pressed to her ear in the midst of a conversation. 
Yes, thank you. It's been quite a whirlwind. I'm thrilled, of course. Not just for myself, but for the people of Colorado. It's past time we had a representative who focused on good governance and innovation. We have the power to change the world. If we just stop letting red tape and fear get in our way. <laughs> oh, I look forward to working with you too, Mr. President. You take care. She hangs up, and the politician's smile drops from her face. She punches in a string of numbers from memory, and makes another call. It's done. DOE monitors will be gone within the week. The lab is yours, Mr. Vall. And we see the studio. It's dark, clearly nighttime, though occasionally we catch the fleeting flutters of moonlight passing through the tarps and Tyvek sheets covering the large breach in the wall. We see a figure lying motionless on the couch. It's Cecilia, asleep in her scrubs amidst a pile of books. Leon is passed out at the kitchen table, wrapped in the red string of a sprawling murder board. Stan, too, is passed out in a recliner in the corner, a box of tools and two-by-fours at his feet. A shadowy figure passes silently through the aperture in the studio wall. It moves slowly and deliberately past the three sleeping figures, past the bathroom, past the kitchen, until it reaches a fire alarm by the front door and pulls it. A hidden panel pops open, revealing a jagged shard of blackened metal, a fragment of a flat, circular disc. The figure grabs it and quickly disappears the way it entered, leaving nothing but fleeting moonlight in its wake. <laughs>